Today's podcast is brought to you by all the other podcasts that made me think doing a podcast was easy, you fucks. Welcome to Down with Joe DeRosa, the podcast where I talk one topic with one guest for one hour. And today's topic, fame. Oh man, we all want a little bit of that sweet, sweet fame, don't we? Between social media, YouTube, reality and contest TV shows, and 24-hour news, not only is raising your profile potentially easier than it's ever been, but these outlets are solid proof that the pursuit of popularity is more popular than ever. Some say this is an epidemic, shallow people in pursuit of a shallow reward, but others say it's just business as usual, just the modern-day version of sensationalism and exploitation. Many claim you'll find these same fleeting personalities and pursuits reflected not just in past decades, but in past centuries as well. And that's true. Just consider that socialites have been around since the 18th century. Reality television technically started in the 1940s, and the concept of celebrity dates back at least as far as Jesus. Nonetheless, is the pot of boiling fame enthusiasts finally spilling over? One of my favorite musicians, Cool Keith, once said in an interview that the thing he dislikes about performing these days is that, quote, and I'm paraphrasing, the rapper used to just be the person on stage. Now everybody in the crowd thinks they're a rapper too. And that is a truth that I find at least a bit disheartening. The average person's thirst for fame may be nothing new, but it was at one point a thirst that can only be quenched through sacrifice, commitment, and at least some developing of a skill set. Nowadays, you don't need to do anything more than punch an unsuspecting stranger in the head to see a spike in your Twitter followers. So maybe this delirious assumption that our thirst for fame should be quenched at the drop of a hat will be what leads us to being a people all shaking in unison from delirium tremors. I mean... As a performer, I could easily take the self-righteous road here and say something like, I just want to be known for my art. That's bullshit. That's just a bullshitty way of saying, I want to be famous. And why do I want to be famous? Because I had a shitty time in high school. That's why. And also, I want people to enjoy the stuff I create. But I think that because is important. Many fame enthusiasts don't even have a because. Their reason for wanting fame is just because. So maybe that's what separates us from them. I'd like to have fame, but I'm not in pursuit of it. I just look at it as a potential perk that comes along with being a professional performer. And joining me today to discuss this topic, no one. Uh, our guest was supposed to be Matt Bronger. He's not here. I don't know why he's not here. Uh, he was supposed to be here. I texted him. Uh, this is the text to Matt Bronger. Hey, Matt, you close by. I did that at 140, which was, uh, you know, I don't know, about 15 minutes past when we were supposed to meet for this. And uh, he has not responded. Um, I got another text, which I thought was him, but that was just Jared Logan texting me, and he's the guest on the next podcast. So I have one guest that's being overly attentive, uh, about the podcast today, texting me when he's not even here. And then I have another guest who uh, I would say is being under attentive since he's supposed to be sitting across from me right now and isn't here. I hope he's okay. 
but he didn't show up. I mean, chances are he's okay and just forgot. I feel like the I feel like the odds are leaning in that direction. The odds are leaning towards he forgot and not something tragic. Let's hope at least, because if this comes out and something tragic happened to Matt, I'm going to look like a real asshole, right? Bill Hill, your podcast, your podcast guest didn't show up. They skinned him alive in that basement, Joe. That's why he wasn't there. They skinned him alive. They took him at gunpoint from his car into a basement and skinned him alive, and you're bitching about your podcast? What if that's... Oh, that'd be terrible. (laughs) Uh, Listen, I'm going to run with the assumption that Matt forgot because that, to me, plays into our theme today of fame. And now, uh, thanks to Matt Bronger and his absence, I bring you the first unintentional solo episode of Down with Joe DeRosa where I'm just by myself. Let's see if we can pull this off. Uh, It's just me today, and I think this is strangely uh, appropriate that Matt didn't show up for my podcast today because, as I said, I do think it speaks to the idea of fame uh, where the lack of my fame, if this was WTF with Mark Maron, you goddamn well sure he would have been there. Not on time, 30 minutes early because that's a big podcast. Matt's got a lot of, or or Mark's got a lot of... uh, cachet you call it well deserved i look up to mark quite a bit and i think he's brilliant at what he does and he's got a great podcast and a great stand-up career because of it but he's also got some notoriety that's what comes along as i said it's a potential perk of this performance thing the notoriety and he's got it and you don't show up late to a guy who's got notoriety's podcast You just don't show up to my podcast. Fuck late. Just don't show up. Treated like a goddamn suggestion. It wasn't a suggestion, Matt, that we do the podcast together today. It was, we were supposed to do it. We were supposed to do this podcast. It was a plan, as they call it. This is it. This is where my career is right now. Big enough to have the audacity to start a podcast, yet small enough that everybody feels the need to show up to do the fucking thing. I don't know. You know, it makes you, it makes you wonder what's the point a little bit. It does kind of slap you in the face a little bit with reality. You know, am I important enough to, to, to do this? And when I say important, I don't mean, you know, Let's put the egotistical bullshit aside for the sake of this conversation, for the purposes of what I'm going to talk about for the next 55 fucking minutes by myself. That should be easy. Uh, but what I'm going to talk about here, I mean, let's, let's, let's just put, take ego off the table and all that stuff. So if I'm using words like important, I don't mean I'm important. I don't mean it like that. I just mean relevant enough in this business to do a podcast like this do people want to come do it do people say yeah i want to do that podcast joe's funny joe's a good guy joe's a pal i'd like to go down there and talk to him for an hour that seems enjoyable or are they rolling their eyes going oh this oh my god i gotta go do oh jesus christ i can't believe i gotta do this 
I mean, Joe's a nice enough guy and all, but I'm just oh, another fucking guy with a fucking pocket. Who's this guy? I think yeah. I don't know. Maybe I could. Maybe I'm that guy. I don't know. I don't know. This business, I'll tell you, it's in a state right now where I I know at least this much. Your credits don't reflect w- anything. I was going to say where you're at. It's not even that. They don't reflect anything. This is the only business I, well, yeah, obviously it's the only business where I was going to say where you could have a TV show. What other businesses do you have a TV show in? There's no maids walking around going, ah, God damn it, TV show used to mean something in this bathroom cleaning business of ours, you know. But the state of this business, it's the, I feel like it's the only time it's ever been like this where you could have a TV show and still not be relevant enough. I, I don't understand it. I guess I technically understand why that's the case because, you know, there's a, a thousand channels on your cable and, and there are, you know, 800 video outlet websites and, and iTunes and Spotify and uh, Xbox Live and PlayStation Plus and there's just a million arenas these days to put something of yours up. Throw it out there into the sea of things and say, hey, me too. And because of that, it, it is a lot harder to get the stuff you do, any sort of recognition. It's tough. You know, I complain a lot about um, the, 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 the fall of the record store. I was a big fan of purchasing music. And one of the things I really have enjoyed about living now in L.A. is you can actually go to record stores and buy records and CDs and things, and it's nice. It's nice to actually purchase someone else's work versus just scanning it and skimming it on the internet and going, nah, next, 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 you know. So I like doing that, and I'm very upset that even a Tower Records is hard to come, come Sorry, I got distracted because every time somebody jogs by the window, I think it's going to be Matt Bronger running up. Joe, I'm so sorry. So sorry I'm late. And it's not. It's just like one of my neighbors jogging into their apartment possibly to meet someone that showed up for the plans they made. I don't know. Anyway, I say even at Tower Records, I'd love to see one. I, I miss having that. I miss driving by a store and you, and you go and you buy some music. And people go, well, the Tower Records nowadays is just, just happened again. Another person ran by. <laughs> Got excited again. I get excited every time because I'm a fucking child on the inside. And that's why I still have hopes in this disgusting business I've chosen to work in. Anyway, because only a fucking child would work in this business and still think, it'll be fine. No, it won't. Ridiculous. It's like being being the gimp in Pulp Fiction. It's like being the gimp in that fucking room, and you just go, well, at least they let me out to fuck a guy in the ass once in a while. It ain't so bad. Enter Bruce Willis slice across your fucking stomach with a sword anyway uh people say well joe itunes is the tower records nowadays that's the tower records it's just it's just online it's just it's just not a, a physical store anyway here's the difference to me anybody can put something on itunes and i know most people think that's great 
I understand what the perks of that are. I understand why that's a good thing. I'm an artist myself. I like to create things myself, and I love that I have the opportunity to put them out there myself if I want to. The problem is, is when everybody does it, and I'm not saying everybody doesn't have the right to do it. I'm just saying the problem is when everybody does it, you can't find shit. It's harder for the stuff, you know, they say the cream rises to the top. It's harder for the cream to rise to the top when there's a bunch of ice on top of it in the glass. You see what I'm saying? Tower Records, there was some sort of, you know, sort of like discrimination process, the procedure that went on where you had to pass certain tests. You had to get signed to the record label. The record label had to put the album out, you know, because the album didn't always come out. You made the album, it didn't come out a lot of the time. Uh, the album finally comes out. Then you're into the store. That puts you in a certain category, a certain class with other performers and artists where you can say, okay, we made it all this far. Now, now it's the dance. It's the competition. It's the match. Let's see who sells and who doesn't. And I realize there's a lot more to it than that, but just to sim simplify it for the purposes of the point. Nowadays, anybody could put anything. I go, you know, so to me, the difference is it's not iTunes isn't Tower Records because when I opened the doors of Tower Records, a tidal wave of CDs didn't fall out of it on top of me. I wasn't crane dropped into an, a room with an ocean of albums in it, like Scrooge McDuck style, where I had to swim through it. It was like you, you, there were things that made it into the store, and those were the things that were presented to you. Now you got to sift. You got to find your stuff. You got to get through it all. That's why so many people tour. That's the only way to really make money anymore as a performer. You can't, I mean, you just can't make money anymore selling. You make some money, but you're not going to make a living off of it unless you're, I guess, if you're uber famous, you could, you know, but you got to go out on the road. You got to tour. You got to perform. So that's what you do. You go out there, you grind it out. It's tough. It wears on you, your physical state, your mental state, uh, and, and a bit on your soul. And it's a sort of a balancing act out there to kind of make sure you don't get swallowed up by the road, you know, becoming a victim of alcohol or drug abuse or sexual abuse uh, or overeating or just massive depression from being in such a sort of solitary lifestyle, whatever. There's a lot you're up against. There's also keeping into the zone of being a professional and not thinking that it's a big party out there, even just in the sense of, fucking around when you get on stage forget the drugs and and the alcohol it's tough sometimes to remember it's it's not a big fuck off when you get on stage that you have a job to do you know that if some lady in the audience gets angry it's not always the right move to call her a cunt and make a scene and throw her out of the show it's not always the right move to call some guy heckling uh, an asshole and say go fuck yourself and start something that could easily turn into a physical altercation. There's so much to just balance out there to stay sane, to stay in the zone, and to do what you need to do so you can keep having this career. And you have to keep all those sort of, uh, uh, you know, mental things in check, whatever, the, this, this approach. You have to balance all of it in this pressure cooker environment that's constantly prodding you saying, 
don't balance it. Don't drop it. Drop that. Drop that. Drop this. Drop that. Drop that. Drop. You're constantly being prodded. Drink this. Snort this. Smoke this. Do this. Eat this. Fuck this. Come on. Come on. Do it. Do it. Do it. You're underappreciated. They don't get it. They're not doing it with you. They don't understand how hard it is. Tell this lady to fuck off. Tell her she's an asshole. Dude, it's fucking nuts. It's a great time, and it's a blast, and it's a wonderful life, and only a few of us get to live it, but it's fucked up. Here's my point. You go through all that because that's the way that you have to do it. And at the end of all of it, you say, I hope it pays off. Not, I want to be celebrated. Not, I want to be hoisted up on their shoulders and carried around like a hit parade. None of that stuff. Just, I hope it pays off. I hope at the end of the day, I can pay my bills. Somebody appreciates me. And I'm at least respected enough that guests show up for my podcast. Doesn't always pay off, does it? Because here we are, 12 years later, alone. Me and Ernie, the sound guy. That's all that's in my kitchen right now. Me and Ernie, the sound guy. What do you do? You don't quit, you know? But that's why fame can be poisonous. Because you start to look at it and you start to go, if I could just get a little... You just get a little, just a little taste of that, man. Oh, that's, that's all I need. Just get that one show. Get you that one show. Oh, that'd make a difference. And I'd sell more tickets. Then they'd show up. And I'd, oh, I'd be right there. Then I could really do this. That's a dangerous game to play. And I'm not saying you shouldn't play it. I'm not saying, you know, it should be avoided at all costs. Uh, I'm not an extremist. I'm not one of these people that goes, you know, fucking sell out. It's it's true and real or nothing. Uh, you know, you bleed for it or you don't do it. I'm not one of those guys. You know, I realize there's there's a business out there and there's things to be exploited in it. So you exploit those things. But then sometimes that can overtake you because you go, well, I'll just compromise this. I'll just... I know I don't really respect this clip show, this talking heads thing where where we make fun of like Katy Perry and and Britney Spears and The Voice or whatever it is. I don't really want to do that. I don't really want to make fun of those people. It's not my thing, but I'll, you know, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll just be, fuck it. I'll just do it. I know they're not paying me because there you go. That's something a lot of you should know. How much television doesn't pay? How many of these clip shows don't pay? You see these shows on MTV uh, and VH1 and a bunch of other channels, and you see people on there, and you go, who's that person? I don't know who that is. How are they on this show? Are they famous? Who is this person? They're on that show a lot of the time because those shows don't pay. So people that would require money to be on those shows say no, and then they go, okay, that's cool. Um, we'll just, uh, I don't know. There's an open mic down the street. We'll go grab some people out of that, and they'll come do it for free. Because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. You'll still watch it. And you do. You still watch it. Not all the shows. A lot of the shows do pay. You know, the more uh, esteemed ones, I guess, you know, or the more popular ones, the, the guy codes and girl codes, and so, they're, 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 they, they pay. But a lot of the other ones don't. And I'm not picking on MTV and VH1. There's a lot of channels out there that get people to do things for free. So you do that. Why? 
Exposure. Give me a little bit of exposure. News television. Well, they don't pay. Why don't they pay? Well, it's news. Technically, news isn't allowed to pay. We're not allowed to pay for news. Even when we're in a roundtable discussion, talking about uh, entertainment stories, that's still news. We can't pay. You going to do it? Yeah, I'll do it. Why do you do it? <sighs> exposure. Trade a little bit of integrity for a little bit of exposure. Then you go, okay, this one does pay. Still don't agree with it. Still not into it. Still don't really respect it. But goddamn, I could use a little money. It would give me some stability. And it would give me a little more exposure. Fuck it. I'll do it. Another compromise. We've all done it. Is that part on that sitcom you got any good? No, it sucks. It's terrible. It's terrible. It's not funny. But I'm going to do it. Why? Need the money. Need the stability. More exposure. You're making deals with yourself in this business. This is how it happens. People step back and go, well, how could that guy make those movies? Those movies are terrible. What's he doing? It's like, do you think that happens just at that level? No, that is a slow process. That's erosion. Over a long period of time, you slowly trade away, trade away, trade away, trade away. And then finally, you end up in a position where it's all career and no art. There are other guys that are all art and no career. They never compromise. They never sacrifice, except for their art. And then they end up being the guy, you know, that's potentially walking the streets in a pair of orange parachute pants at 65 years old, muttering to himself. And you're like, remember when that guy was awesome? What the fuck happened there? Oh, he didn't know how to compromise ever. It's tough. It's tough. It's a balancing act. It's a balancing act. And no matter what aspect of show business you, you, you pursue, no matter what realm of show business you work in, there are fingers pushing you to drop the juggling balls at all times. It's damn near impossible. And fame is the corrupter at the end of the day. We all want it. We all want it. I don't want to talk in absolutes on this show. I don't want to sit here and go, fame is evil, man. It's rotten. It's blah, blah, blah. You know, I don't want to do that thing because there's always gray area. I think there's such a problem at least in modern culture, this, this just complete ignorance to gray area. I, I don't understand why everything has to be so black and white all the time. I don't understand why it has to be Democrat, Republican, or spiritual, secular, or big business, mom and pop. There's a lot of in-between. There's a lot of in-between. And the in-between comes from this, in my opinion, it's not about the church versus the state or the right versus the left or the big money versus the small change. It's about us versus them. There are shit people in every level of every business, of every pursuit, of every institution. There are shit people. Just like there's an asshole running some big box corporate store that you can't fucking stand there's an equal cocksucker running some little fucking deli that's jamming you in the ass for Slim Jims. There's the, it's the same shit. Find the people you relate to, find the people you respect, and work alongside with those people. That's gray area. That's gray area. And those people might be in a small operation or a large one, but that's gray area. So there's gray area with fame. 
It's not all evil. It doesn't always corrupt. There's a great movie called um, Overnight about the guy that did Boondock Saints. And I can't remember the exact quote that happens at the end of the movie. Um, I would have had this prepared, but I thought we were going to have a guest. Uh, <laughs> so, um, but there was a great documentary, uh, as I said, called uh, Overnight. And there's a quote at the end of the movie. Um, just something along the lines of fame doesn't corrupt. It just functions like a truth serum. It removes the mask to reveal the person that was always there. And I agree with that. I think it's a lot like alcohol. You know, uh, people say, well, he's an asshole when he drinks. It's like, well, he's an asshole all the time. He's just hiding it. Oh, you're a lot of fun when you drink. Yeah, I'm a lot of fun all the time. I just can't seem to get there without a couple of drinks. You know, you cry when you drink. Yeah, well, miserable person. By the way, I'm not talking about me in all these. Sounds like I am. I don't cry or get angry. Or I have gotten the fun guy thing. People will say, man, you're really fun when you drink sometimes. You know, and I'll go, yeah, because it, it's, you know, I'm uninhibited and, and, and I feel looser and more comfortable. Uh, am I fun when I'm sober? I don't know. Am I Ernie? Yeah. Ernie just gave the saddest head shake. It was really. You shook your head like like a dog at the pound who's where they're like, we're going to kill you or you can go home with this guy that's going to dog fight you against other pit bulls. And you shook your head like, I, I guess I'll take the dog fight. I have a fighting chance if I go with the dog fight guy. Um, anyway, it's, uh, it, it, it's famous like alcohol. It's like alcohol. It's, it's something that does, in my opinion, reveal the person that was always there. Now, it amplifies it too because alcohol amplifies. A sad person will cry when they get drunk. Uh, An ornery person will fight when he drinks. Uh, a positive person will be gleeful when drunk. And I think fame does the same thing. It takes you to the sort of concentrated version of yourself. Uh, and some people become nightmarish nightmarish but I think those people are easy to spot you know I think the ones that understand it and get it are as obvious as the ones that don't you know you look at a guy like Ray Romano never met him seems like a great guy you can just kind of tell you look at that guy you go there's no way he's an asshole why he's a family man has kids did something that was really true to himself, doesn't whore himself out left and right, and at the same time was massively successful. There was never once anything I've ever seen that guy do on his TV show or in his stand-up or anywhere that in any way came across to me as condescending or arrogant or elitist or shitty. I, it's, it's like anything else. You kind of know he's a decent guy. On the other hand, you see the person that's had eight, 18 plastic surgery disaster operations on their face and they're hosting some kind of fucking oyster-shucking reality show and you're looking at them going, this is what you fucked up your face for? You fucked up your face to host Oyster Hunt on the Learning Channel? This is what you did that to your face for? This was your dream 
to host Oyster Hunt? No, it wasn't their dream. It wasn't. But all they wanted was fame. I guess that's what I'm saying. You can kind of tell the person that pursues their craft and the person that pursues just fame. I look at a guy like Ray Romano. I feel like, is that a weird example? It's kind of a weird example. I don't know why. I just feel like it's weird that I keep talking about Ray Romano. But I just look at that guy and I go, that guy just did his thing. He was, I guess it's because, as I said, he's a family guy. He did a sitcom that was really successful, but it was about his family, essentially. It was based on his life. His stand-up is about his family. He's just who he is, and he saw a lot of success from it. That's great. That's really great. So when I look at a guy like that, I go, that's a guy that was true to himself, and it paid off eventually. Awesome. But when I look at somebody, you know, I mean, these people, these people that do these TV shows, I mean, it's so fucking sad. You see the ones that are just chasing fame, and why? Why? Here's what's so interesting to me about that. Nine times out of ten, the person that's only in pursuit of the fame is usually someone who is good-looking. It's usually someone who is very vain. Uh, and it's usually somebody that is willing to completely fuck up their face with surgery. And that, to me, says, I was popular in high school. I was the hot shit in my hometown. I need that to keep going. I need something for nothing to keep going for the rest of my life. The people that saw success and fame came along with it are usually not necessarily bad-looking people, but not gorgeous people, uh, not hard bodies by any stretch of the imagination. They're just people. They're just people. You see these people, though, man. You see these other folks, you know. These fucking, these like walking mannequins. You're just like, man, you just wanted to keep being the quarterback. You just wanted to keep being the cheerleader. Everybody waited on you hand and foot. You were fucking spoiled. And you think for some reason you deserve to be celebrated. And again, another irony in this, in this fucking layer cake. And this layer cake example I'm giving right now where I just keep adding shit on top of it. Another irony is most of the time, those people are the ones that fall the hardest. The people that started popular and keep to pursue, keep pursuing that popularity are the ones that fall the hardest. Whereas the ones that weren't popular, that don't pursue the popularity, end up being the mainstays. Very interesting thing to me. It's a very interesting thing to me. The climate right now is, I mean, I don't know if people always just wanted to hear themselves talk. As a, he said, as he hosted his own podcast by himself. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if people just want to hear themselves talk. Uh, and that's a recent thing where if that was just always the way it was and we finally just have the outlets to do so. 24 hours a day. But I mean, my God almighty. I'm so happy these Twitter chickens are finally coming home to roost. Oh God, I'm so happy. It makes me so happy when I get to see somebody hang themselves on Twitter. God, it makes me so happy. That's what you get, you dumb shit. You dumb shit. You're not supposed to put every thought that comes into your head out there immediately. 
think about it. Put a filter on that daft fucking brain of yours. How dare you think that your words should be heard that frequently and that quickly? I get shit for not tweeting. People give me shit. Why don't you tweet more? Why don't you write more shit on Twitter? Don't you people get enough? Why would you want to hear more out of this? I'm giving you this podcast where I ramble on about stuff I don't even know if anybody cares about for an hour every episode. I get on stage and just stroke myself with my comedy and my opinions. I do radio and shoot my mouth off. Well, you don't need any more. Why don't you tweet more? Because some of this needs to stay in my head. Certain things need to stay in my head, and you don't want to hear them. Trust me. Trust me on that. That chick that got in trouble, the one that wrote the AIDS joke, the, the, the publicist lady, made me happy. Made me happy. And I know that's kind of a shitty thing to say. You know, I'm not sitting here, uh, I love to see another person go through some hardship, suffer hardship, whatever. Oh, Matt Bronger tweet. Let's give the update. You didn't get my email, question mark. Sorry, man. My flight was later than I thought. I don't get in until tonight. Can we reschedule, question mark? Sorry again. I didn't get the email. You think he emailed me? You think it's a lie? What do you think? Yeah? You really think it's a lie? Ernie says bullshit on the email uh, 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 claims of Matt Bronger. I'm going to just... I don't see an email here. <laughs> Well, here's the thing, though. That's the second time this week somebody emailed me and said that I didn't get their email. So maybe I'm not getting emails. Maybe that's what it is. Ernie, you're, you're like a, a pillar in a time of need when a guy needs to lean on your shoulder. He sh Ernie, for those of you that couldn't hear him and think it's because he's not like Mike, no, he's not speaking. He shook his head slowly and just went, could be. Thanks, Ernie. Well, what's your other job? You're a therapist, right? Isn't that what you do outside of sound engineering? Some kind of social work? Yeah, okay. Um, what the fuck was I saying? I lost my train of thought because I got so excited that Matt texted me. Thank God he's not in that basement, though. Let's, let's all just celebrate that. Sigh of relief really quick. He wasn't in a basement being skinned alive. Thank God. Uh, he's Okay. Uh, his flight gets in later, apparently, and something happened. I don't know. Um, what was I talking about, Ernie? Oh, when that publicist lady, lady, tweeted that joke. I think the I think the tweet was, "Going to South Africa. Hope I don't get AIDS." Just kidding. I'm white. This is a lady. She was huge publicist for for. God knows, multi-million, maybe billion-dollar corporation, conglomerate, something or other. I don't really get the details in people. I just kind of skim the story and then make up an opinion on it. But I do know this. It was such a crazy, audacious tweet, particularly coming from somebody in her position. I think <clears throat> if, uh, I'll say this much, whether or not you were offended by the joke or whatever, I think if it would have come from a comedian 
it would have gotten a little less fire than than it coming from her. Um, again, whether or not you find the joke offensive is up to you. I, I don't even care to get into any of that. My point is, though, it seems particularly strange when something like that comes out of the mouth of uh, of a suit. You know what I mean? Um, so it happened, and everybody thought everybody was so shocked by it that uh, they thought that uh, that her Twitter account got hacked, and then it didn't get hacked. It just uh, it just was something she fucking tweeted. The Nimrod tweeted it. It's not a joke for Twitter. You don't write that joke on Twitter. That's a joke that if you're going to tell it, you better goddamn be well sure you're telling it in an environment where everybody knows you're joking. Where somebody goes, this guy's got a sick sense of humor, but I know he doesn't mean it. You better be telling it in that fucking environment because if you're not, guess what happens? What happened to her? You lost your fucking job. You lost your job. Why? Because you deserve to be heard. You deserve to be heard. Hey, publicist, you're a fucking publicist. That means other side of the desk. That's the other thing I love about this shit, man. Since when did people on the other side of the desk start being the tap dancing performers? When the fuck did that happen? Twitter and all this other stuff. And by the way, I'm not shitting on Twitter. It's not Twitter's fault. It's the way we use it. It's our fault. It's always our fucking fault. It's not the fault of the inventions or the devices, or the outlets. It's our fucking fault. It's the way we use it. But I love that. People on the other side of the desk now. I got a joke. Do you? Keep it to yourself. Your fucking suit. Nobody's going to get it. Nobody's, and, and nobody's especially going to get your AIDS joke. They're not going to get it. Nobody's going to go, ah, did you read, uh, did you read Darcy's uh, Twitter feed? Man. She really gets off those rape bits. Who's Darcy? She's a, she's a temp. Temp down human resources we hired. Oh, she's a hoot. No. Tell her to shut her fucking yap. She's a temp in a fucking business environment. Shut up. At least as a performer, you could be like, it's a show or it's art or you know my personality. I'm not saying the age joke is art. <laughs> I'm just saying like you do something a little uh, provocative. You could at least say, it's, you know, I'm, I'm doing this within the confines of a performance. Or, hey, you know my style. You know, like Daniel Tosh. Like, I didn't think Daniel Tosh should have apologized for that rape joke thing. Why? Because he's a performer and he said it on stage as a joke. I know it's a joke. I agree with what Ricky Gervais said at the end of his last special. I will joke. He said something along the lines of, I will joke about anything. Because I know you know I'm kidding. I don't tell jokes to people that I don't think are smart enough to get the joke. I would never go up to a pedophile and go, oh, you're going to really love this one. Because that guy's sick. I totally agree with that. I totally, totally agree with that. But the defining factor of what makes that philosophy work is that it has to be the philosophy of a performer. Of a performer. Someone whose career might bring the byproduct of fame, of notoriety, of the personality being known enough for them to make a joke like that and for people to get it. But everybody wants to be famous now. Everybody wants to be known. And, well, 
you got your wish publicist you're known you're real fucking well known now you're known as the publicist that got fired for making the AIDS joke on Twitter congrats that's all anybody wants I know there's probably people listening going well you don't know that she wanted that maybe she's listening whatever her name is bloggers it's another bunch of fucking numbskulls I have a blog I'm a writer are you you ever get paid to write your blog no then you're a blogger shut up well I I, I, I want to be uh, do you do you this is what I hate about there being no discrimination process for to, to gain notoriety I'm a writer why started a website I'm a writer okay so nobody gets to determine whether it's good or not nobody nobody gets to go this deserves to be out there nobody and i get it i know the suits can be shit i i I understand that i'm not sitting here waving the flag for the industry right now i know they can be assholes i know there's people that stop really good shit from getting out there i'm aware of that i'm aware jd salinger couldn't get his fucking stories in the new yorker Arguably one of the greatest authors of our time. Arguably the greatest author of our time. Despite there being such a limited amount of available content. And here's a guy that couldn't get his shit into the New Yorker for years and years and years and years and years and years and years. So I get it. I get that there's people that have the power, that pull the strings, that have the money, that say no. No. Why? Because they're in a bad mood that day or they think they're smarter than they are. Or whatever the reason is. I understand that. But I also think there needs to be some sort of process to weed out the horseshit. Why does everybody think they deserve to be on fucking camera? Everybody thinks they deserve their 15 minutes. Why? Why? And forget deserve. Let's take it a tick back from before deserve. What makes you want it? What makes you want it? Why? Why do you want to have a popular blog? Why? I want my voice to be heard. Why do you want your voice to be heard? Because. Because why? Just because. That's what I mean by just because. Just because. Do do, do you have opinions? Yeah. Do you believe in them? I think so. I don't know. Just because. Just put it out there. Who cares? It'll be good. I'll write famous people's names in the title of, the, of this week's entry. And that'll get hits. And then, I'll, and then I'll be worth something because I got hits. Fucking so tired of it, man. So tired of it. I remember seeing this thing on Yahoo. I think it was on Yahoo. I don't remember. Billy Joe, Billy Joe Armstrong has profane meltdown. Live in concert. I might have talked about this in my last CD. I don't remember. But, um, you know, there's just so much material, Ernie. (laughs) Uh, No, I just can't remember if we cut this bit out or not. But uh, that was the the link. It said, said, uh, Billy Joe Armstrong has profane meltdown on stage. And I thought, oh, my God, I can't wait to see this. Holy shit, they have this guy on video doing having a profane meltdown? What, what is this? I clicked on it, 
And it was him going, he gave the middle finger to the concert. He goes, fuck you, smashed his guitar, walked off stage. That's the profane meltdown. It wasn't a profane meltdown. It was Billy Joe saying fuck you and giving the finger. And then this fucking website took it and did what everybody does. Did what everybody does. Put this completely sensational title on it. And then everybody clicked on it. People trick you into into their own fame these days. A zillion hits on YouTube. A zillion hits. Why? Man, you must be doing some amazing shit. A zillion hits. What did you do? Oh, I uh, I reenacted There Will Be Blood with Doritos. Oh, so you just you just made a thing and called it There Will Be Blood, and then people saw that and clicked on it, and then that's why it got millions of hits. Okay, well, that's cool. That's great, man. How's it feel? Feels great, man. I'm, I'm worth something. People know me. Zillion hits. Great. What are you going to do with that? Oh man, we got big plans. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do gravity next. We do gravity with all pomegranates. It's gonna be fucking hilarious. Two pomegranates flying through space. We're gonna call it gravity. Oh, that's great, man. That's great. What a pursuit, man. Yeah, yeah, man. It's gonna be awesome. I got a facelift plans for next month. Then I'm gonna be uh, I'm auditioning to host this new show called Oyster Hunt. It's gonna be real big stuff. I don't know, man. I don't know. I guess it was always like this, though, as I said, you know? It's nothing too new. I mean, I guess, wasn't that what that Marie Antoinette movie was all about? It was like she was like the first socialite, you know? You know, the sort of Paris Hilton personalities, they've always been around, you know? But it just seems like they're more celebrated than ever before, you know? We celebrate it. That's what I don't get. We celebrate these people that pursue the fame at all costs, and we don't even reprimand them. That's the thing. <laughs> Maybe if they, if if we could at least just go, all right, you got it, you got it, you you won the fucking trophy. But now here's this forum where we're going to talk about why you were wrong, why you shouldn't have done that, why it was impure what you did. There isn't. There isn't. And I'm not talking about around the fucking water cooler at work, okay? I'm tired of complaining about, like, reality TV shows and shit like that. And, and I go, why does nobody see how shitty this is or, or complain about it? And people go, people complain about it all the time. They, people bitch about it. No, I'm not talking about bitching about it at work, at your desk. I'm talking about bitching about it out in the open. Like, people that have outlets bitching about it. You know what I mean? Because I don't see a lot of that. The, clo- the closest I've ever seen to that was Al Roker making fun of the two kids from the hills and just basically telling Spencer Pratt he was an idiot. You know, my hat's off to Al Roker. He's one of the only people I've ever seen take a fucking stand like that and be like, I'm not going to be nice to this guy. Was there anything sadder? Was there anything sadder than, uh, who's the guy, uh, uh, the Today Show? Matt Lauer, who I respect. I respect Matt Lauer. Was there anything sadder seeing him get kind of chumped by Miley Cyrus? And here's the thing. I'm not a Miley Cyrus hater. I'm not. People go, I can't stand her. She's fucking nuts. Yeah, she's nuts. Oh, it's weird. 
You give billions of dollars to a fucking 16-year-old. They can't handle it. That's weird. I feel terribly sorry for Miley Cyrus. I hope she works it out. I mean, but she's another great example of what I'm talking about. Why aren't more people, and I, I know some people have tried to come to her aid and she was really shitty about it. But a lot of these famous like female singers that are going, you go, girl. Yeah, yeah, no, support that. No, that's great. That's fucking brilliant. Just like every time I, I, I drive around L.A., I see pictures of Marilyn Monroe everywhere. Yeah, guys, because that ended well. Yeah, let's make that the face of the town we live in because that's such a fucking wonderful story. Potentially killed in her sleep if she wasn't murdered, drug overdose. Fucked a Kennedy and got cast aside immediately afterward. Yeah, no, no, man. What a great story. I'm just saying, more people, I really think, need to complain about this shit a little more openly. At least then, I could go, okay, it's out there and it's a thing and it's it's bringing people, the wrong people, a lot of money and, and, a, and a lot of uh, a, pro, a higher profile. But at least there's this other thing that's counteracting it a little bit. And the other thing just doesn't seem to be out there. You know? I just don't see it. This fucking reality TV show, I mean, it's just a, it is just a cycle of pigs. You got a bunch of pig people that go, uh, whatever I got to do to be on TV, I'll do it. I'll just do it. I'll spit in her face. We'll slap each other around. Then you got the pigs over them. Those are the producers and the directors. The people that don't have the decency to step in when the two other pigs are slapping each other in the face and pulling each other's hair and go, listen to me, listen to me. I got to tell you this right now. I'm a producer on this show. You two are acting like pigs. It's gross. You're going to look really bad. We haven't even edited this yet. We're going to edit it and put music behind it, and then you're going to look super fucking bad. Right now, if I just aired it like this, you would look terrible. Wait till we polish it up. No, they don't step in. They go, hey, let these fucking pigs do it. We don't care. They're pigs. We're not pigs. No, you're fucking pigs, too. Then there's the pigs above them. Those are the executives in the suits going, look at these fucking idiot pigs. We send them out to produce these shows. They think they're making quality work. They think they're doing something worthwhile with their lives. They're not. They're not. They're just doing what makes us the fucking money. But they're the pigs. We're not the pigs. No, you're fucking pigs, too. And there's the people above them. That's the advertisers. Well... You know, I'd hate to uh, have to sell my glow detergent during the commercial breaks of that reality show, Rape Extreme. The show where all the pigs rape each other. I would hate to hate to do it, but got to do it. Got to move this glow detergent. Because I believe in the product. Thank God we're not pigs. They're pigs. No, you're fucking pigs, too. And then the ultimate group of pigs, the audience. The audience that sits there and goes, uh, look at these fucking pigs, man. Look at these fucking pigs. Oh, glow detergent. Don't forget, you got to buy some of that this weekend. Remember to buy the glow detergent at the supermarket this weekend, sweetie. Oh, 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 Rape Extreme's back on. Look at these pigs. Look at these pigs. Fucking, you let, believe they let these pigs on TV? I could do this. I could do this. I could be a pig raper. 
Oh, wait, I can do it? I'll do it. I'll do it. And the whole fucking pig cycle starts all over again. It's so disgusting. It's so gross. People say, ah, it's mindless television. It's harmless. Who's it going to hurt? I'll tell you who it's going to hurt. Us. Television plays a major role in our lives. It is a major tool in the shaping of a culture. There's a gigantic representative of that culture. And the less economic, educational, and social opportunities you have, which as the years go by, we have less and less of those. That number of people without those opportunities grows. It does not shrink. It grows. The less of those opportunities you have, the bigger the role television is going to play in your life. And the more frequently you're going to find yourself watching it, sitting home again, because you don't have the class, because you couldn't afford the class. Because the job beat the shit out of you all day, and all you can do is flop down on the couch and go, I can't believe I'm overworked and underpaid. This sucks. I don't have the money to go out tonight. I'm just going to sit here. And you watch the shows. And what's the idea they put in your head? Hmm, I don't have to aspire to be anything great. I could be a pig raper and just make money. As long as you have money, you can act however you want. Wow, if you just have money, it's okay to act like a complete piece of shit. That's what the next competition show should just be. It should just be called America's Next Piece of Shit. It should be just people coming out going, I'm a piece of shit. Well, why are you a piece of shit? Oh, man, I'm a big piece of shit than you. I'm way bigger piece of shit than you. I, I get drunk and I piss on my furniture. Wow, all right, yeah, you're kind of a piece of shit. You do it on purpose? Fuck, I don't give a fuck. Sometimes, yeah. Okay, you're a piece of shit. Now I'm a bigger piece of shit. Why are you a bigger piece of shit? I throw shit at homeless people. I drive by in my car, I throw shit at them. Wow. That's a good one. You're a real piece of shit. I'm a bigger piece of shit. Why are you a bigger piece of shit? I dressed a man up in a leather suit. I had him in a cubby hole. And we kidnap people. We fuck him with the leather man. Wow. You win, gimp guy. You win. But it's fame, folks. It's what people want. They want it. They need it. And I guess we're sort of in a weird way afraid to stand up against it. Maybe that's why we don't attack any of this stuff more openly uh, or comment on it more frequently because that fear comes along. Oh, they're, they're well-liked. They're well-liked. They're well-received. We don't want to... I've been there. I'm not sitting here holier than thou. I've been there, man. I've been there. I've sat across from a table with somebody I absolutely did not fucking respect. Absolutely not. And instead of saying, excuse me, I'm going to leave, or tuning the person out, or being adverse or indifferent to them, I engage them. Why? Because you sit there and you go, uh, well, you got to pick your battles. You got to pick your battles, man. You know, I don't want to piss off this guy. I don't know. Maybe he is a good guy, you know. And once again, you're right back where we started. Trading a little integrity for a little more acceptance. For a little bit of a boost, potentially. So, in closing, I'd like to say, 
I hope none of us do it too frequently. I hope none of this ever spins out of control. And I hope ultimately that this is just the thing that's always been there. And we're just seeing it framed differently these days. That's what I hope to believe. I really do. I hope that's the case. I hope it's not that the epidemic is worse than it's ever been. I hope that things haven't fallen deeper and darker and dirtier than they ever have been before. I hope that it's not a case of we've gone too far and there's no turning back. I hope it's just, it's always been like this. It's always going to be like this. So stop fucking worrying about it. And maybe, just maybe, one day, you'll be famous enough to finally not give a shit about any of it. Thanks for listening, everybody. This has been Down with Joe DeRosa. Uh, I appreciate you being here. First solo episode, Matt Bronger, if you did email me, sorry I didn't get it. If you didn't, you son of a bitch. Uh, I hope you guys keep listening. I hope you enjoyed this. At Joe DeRosa Comedy on Twitter and JoeDeRosaComedy.com is the website. New album, You Will Die. Please check that out when you can. And uh, check in with the website and the Twitter for upcoming tour dates. There's always something coming up sometime. Go to iTunes, subscribe, listen, love us. I'll talk to you guys soon. Thanks. Thanks.